welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by MAP. My name is Alex Clements and today on the show we've got two-time Olympian Amy Cure. She's done it all on the track, Commonwealth Games, gold medals, world championships, both junior and elite and a couple of months ago she announced her retirement and that was when we recorded this episode. So just after her retirement we caught up to chat about the decision, the decision to retire, why it got to this point, the kind of the last few years when she started thinking about retirement uh, and what's next for Amy Cure. So in this podcast, we really only touched on that that last piece of her career, but I have flagged with Amy that I would really like to sit down and do an end-to-end episode on a very, very successful career that she's had. Our friends at MAP have partnered with Strava to bring together the opportunity to win $5,000 worth of kit uh, and also a unique prize via their website. All you need to do is do six hours of riding on Strava or off Strava uh, with your friends or out on your daily commute before December 13th and you'll go in the draw to win the 5000 prize pool and also get a unique code to redeem a gift online. All you need to do, six hours on Strava or on the road and you can check out more details about that little collaboration at map.cc as well as their wealth of spectacular kit. You may recall at the in during the middle of COVID we ran a a little mini series presented by Lumen Wellbeing, the online wellbeing platform, to look at the future of cycling. We talked to a sports business professional, we talked to a team manager and we talked to a, a former athlete about what they think the future of sport will look like with cycling and the challenges that are currently being throwing at them. Lumen Wellbeing is also topical throughout this episode because Amy used their software while she was at Cycling Australia. So Lumen Wellbeing, the online wellbeing platform, originated out of Lumen Sports, which is one of their partners is Cycling Australia, as well as football teams, professional cycling teams, um, and now companies all around the world through their Loom and Wellbeing platform, which takes the platform that, that, de- that they developed for some of the world's leading sports teams um, and applies it to a business environment. If you do want to learn a little bit more about their product, uh, you can head to lumenwellbeing.com. And they're also about to roll out a new brand, so make sure you check out for what they look like in 2021. I hope you enjoy this episode with Amy. Thanks again to our partners for all their support and we'll see you back at the Social Club next time. To the podcast, Amy. You woke up this morning. What are you? What are you doing? What, what's going on? How are you feeling? Yeah, it's um, definitely a big change, obviously with retirement, but I've managed to pick up a little job. So um, I was still setting the alarm in the morning, but I guess for a different reason, doing a bit of, uh, a bit of work at a coffee shop here in in Adelaide and I'm really loving that and I guess learning some new skills in life. Was it daunting or did you have these things organized or what scared excited what's kind of what's the vibe at the moment? Yeah it definitely was very um, scary I think at the start it was really more unknown than anything but it was definitely scary but I think more excited scary feeling like I guess I explain it more as like a race, like you're excited but really scared and nervous of the unknown. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, yeah, but I'm loving it. And I um, I know like with time, obviously, the more time I have off, the more that I'm glad and it's really cemented that decision being the right decision for myself. So how long has it been since you told your tight-knit group, your friends, family, coaches, whatnot, that it was 
that it was time to retire. How long's that been? Well, obviously I've been finding it really difficult the last um, few months to keep motivated prior to making my decision. And it's been a really tough um, transition for me and even just making Tokyo before the postponement of the games. Um, I've been really uh, looking for different things to motivate me to get me across that line. And obviously with the postponement of the Olympics, it made me really sit back and think and question myself whether I wanted to go another you know year and a bit till till until Tokyo so then obviously you know I really was struggling with that decision and I decided and I talked to CA and and everyone involved and I said you know look I just need a bit more time to before I make my decision um obviously it's it's quite a big decision to make and they were really really respectful in giving me the time I needed and I think it was um, I told the girls, like I informed them, like they knew where my head was at and, and, and talking prior to, to the postponement of the Olympics, not knowing, um, it was always daunting, you know, when you have a few people that, um, I guess looking at retiring post Tokyo, it's always a question mark, um, you know, what is going to happen with the postponement and, um, it was definitely a big thing for me and, and I, you know, they knew that w- it would be a tough decision for me to make if the games were to be postponed. So it definitely was not not expected from the girls um, in a way, but it was really difficult to tell them. And obviously I, I informed them, you know, look, I need a bit more time. They knew where my head was at that. But it wasn't until I think, you know, I think it was a, a week and a half, two weeks before I made my announcement that I told them, um, you know, I sat them down and said, look, this is my decision. Um, I've taken some time off and that's only strengthened my decision to retire. And I've been, you know, living my life since May um, as, I guess, a retired person to see, you know, if this is what I really wanted to make or not. And that kind of cemented that decision. And and it was really hard to tell them. (laughs) Definitely. Um, It was one of the hardest things. I think it was easier to make my decision than to let them know. Because I guess you get that sense of, of of letting them down in a way to you've just been such a huge part of, of their life and, and this journey. And it was definitely really hard for me to make. Um, but, you know, I know also that I'm not going to win an Olympic Games gold medal just by going through the motions. And I think that's also they, they knew that and they can understand that too. And we're very um, glad that I made the decisions for the right reasons. Yeah. I remember um, talking to Campbell about his decision to quit and it was like walking on the bus mm. to talk to Alan Puff was the scariest thing I've ever done. And then walking off the mm. bus, I've never felt so relieved in my life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think because you never, you're always like thinking of what other people think or how other people are going to interpret it or if that's going to change, you know, their opinions or views on you but at the end of the day you have to make your decision for yourself and it is hard and I guess when you think of how they're going to react you don't expect them to react any differently afterwards but you're always unsure of the reactions and how people are going to take it prior to telling them so um, it is definitely something that's really nerve-wracking and uh, it was like it was so nice to to be able to inform them and, and I did want to inform them as soon as I knew like as soon as I'd made my decision, I wanted to to let them know and kind of um, try as much as I could to, to, you know, keep them in the loop of what I was feeling like too because I think as teammates it's really important that, you know, they know 
uh, if they've if I'm going to be there at Tokyo or not, and and also so they can mentally prepare for that. Mm. Who was the last um, coach or mentor or support person that you talked to? Who who was the um, person that that you went to to go? I'm going to make this decision. What do you think? What should I do? Definitely Matthew Gilmore. Matt's been a huge mentor of mine from the start and and I was struggling a little bit before the Commonwealth Games in Brisbane and just with motivation and everything and I was thinking of retiring then and Matt and uh, my psych Ruth Anderson were the only two people that I spoke to about that so he had a lot of history behind that so it was interesting talking to Matt um, about it it was kind of more like also such a big relief um, because he's been a part of you know, those conversations for, um, you know, a couple of years now. And I think it was kind of like a relief that I could make my decision and commit to it (laughs) after so long of talking about it really. But he's been so supportive of me and even uh, um, through Com Games when I was was really struggling with my motivation, he really helped me um, get through it and then uh, look at the other end and reassess things. Mm. What what was his what was his advice? What was he what what did he say? Let's say Com Games. What was his yep. what were his points then? Well, Com Games, it was like I spoke to him. He's like, look, we'll try and get through this. You, we've only got like a month to go, and and I was in a really good position, and I was training really well, and it was just mentally, I was not sure whether I enjoyed it and will it enjoy it. And he was like, you know, we'll try and push through this, and then um, we can take a big break off after it like I was going back to Europe back to Belgium um to my place there and I took some time off and he's like you know if you don't want to go riding don't go riding like just enjoy it and if you feel like going for a little ride just go to the coffee shop have a coffee and then come home and you know try and learn to love the sport again and so I did that and I still did gym because I really love gym and so that was kind of I had that strength training which um I think helped me for when I did come back and no one really knew about that, I think, and uh, only my coach at the time and obviously knew that I could, could see my training peaks. Yeah. But, um, no one really, like Matt was my go-to person for that. He was my coach when I was over in Europe on the road and, and he really supported me through that. And, and he was um, a really big help too because I think, you know, with his retirement, he retired two years um, leading into a, an Olympic game. So he knows... He's been through that feeling. He knows what it's like as an athlete um, going through that retirement stage. And, and I think he was just such a good help and really there to motivate me. And, and so then obviously when the postponement of the Olympics, he already knew that it would be, you know, a very difficult position, uh, position for me to be in. And um, he was just, yeah, I guess helped me gain context of my own decision and was going to support me in in whatever decision that I was going to make. And I feel that was really good to, to have that kind of support. Um, yeah. I guess everyone is always, you know, telling you what they think you should do. And, <laughs> but at the end of the day, only you can make that decision. And Yeah. Yeah. Especially, where, especially your, like the, the track program, it's like com games, Olympics, com games. Like it's, it's, mm. it's easy to get wrapped up in like, Oh, just one more, yeah. just one more, just one more. Yeah. Did, yeah. That's it. Did you find pe- people had opinions? Did you find that people on the outside that were, unaware of your situation, unaware of what it's actually like, were giving you advice? Yeah, definitely. Because you always have the people like, when you're like, oh, I'm going to retire. They're like, look at you. And they're like, retire. It's like, how old are you? And then I tell them my age and they're like, surely you can go another couple of Olympics. And I was like, yeah, but I've kind of been doing it for 12 years at, at that world championship and Olympic level. 
um, so far. So I have been doing it for quite a while. So as far as the, the length of time I've been in the sport, the sport, it has been quite a while and it has been very physically and mentally demanding on my body. And I guess I'm just really looking forward to that next chapter. Yeah. When you came back from Com Games, what, what was that like? What was the motivation up? Was it still a little bit unsure? Was it, all right, I'm going for Tokyo and then that's it. Where, where, where were you at and what, what, how did that play out? Yeah, it was, it was difficult, really difficult because I went to, I was struggling obviously before I went to Com Games. I won two Olympic, uh, two Com Games gold medals. And that was an amazing <laughs> <it>. feeling. <laughs> yeah, Shit. It, was, it, was, <laughs> it was a really good um, feeling for sure. Uh, and then I went back to Belgium straight after that. And I was just really happy to have some time off, to be honest. Um, and I still was like, it was such a high and I'm glad I did that. And I don't like to call myself like, you know, two times Commonwealth Games gold medalist is, is pretty outstanding. Yeah. But I think after that, I went back to Belgium and I was like, it still didn't change my, my thought on the sport or like it still wasn't enjoying it. And that's when I guess I was like, talked to Matt and I was like, I need some time off. And obviously he knew that where my headspace was at that time, I did need a lot more time off. Um, I, I did need that time off. So I took that off and, and it wasn't until November that I called Matt and was like, oh, I want to get back into the sport. Um, or get back into training, should I say? And I had a. a so how many how many months like, off? How many well, months? Well, I was still doing. I said this was after Com Games. Yeah. Um, and I had I was only went for a few, you know, small rides each week to the coffee shop and back. So a couple of like twenty k rides, and I still did gym like two to three times a week. So I wasn't doing nothing. But when I started back in November, I had a, a TSS of I think it was twelve. So it was quite, quite low. <laughs> um, so it's quite tough to, to get back into it. And, and that was straight into the, um, it's straight into to category one races, trying to get points for the Olympics. And I did also throughout that time off, I did do a few smaller races to gain points because the previous year we didn't actually do the world championships as, as Australia, as a nation, we didn't send a team. So, we were quite behind on points, so we had to play catch up. And I guess living in Europe, I got sent sent to a lot of a lot of small races um, with without any fitness, which was really difficult to try and just get a few points here and there. And uh, we managed to do that and, and qualify. And it wasn't, I guess, I went through um, a breakdown of a serious relationship that come to a bit of an unexpected end. And I guess after that, that kind of was for me it was like okay I want to get back on the bike as I guess more of, of to throw myself into something else I think to to also um I guess help myself get through that tough time and I, I don't regret coming back because I got some of my best results coming back post that um like we won the world championships in in 2019 uh like only four months after that so four or five months after that so that was pretty incredible for me and and I loved it but for me, that was, I guess, I kind of come back for the wrong reasons. And that's why I found the really, the the, pre, the last year so difficult. And I guess that's kind of with the postponement of this Olympic, uh, this Olympics, that's kind of why I'm like, nah, I need to call it now. Unless I'm doing it for the right yeah. reasons, I don't want to do it. It's like you're too good. 
Like I, I got, I got, I got to the end of under twenty threes and went, nah. Like that's too, that's that's too ambitious turning pro here. But you're like, I just keep winning. Like I just keep, I just keep achieving. What do I do? Yeah, well, it, it definitely was is quite hard, and uh, you know, you have to make a lot of sacrifices to, obviously, to, to win. I guess to to get those results is a lot of sacrifices, and you kind of got to be a bit, I guess, tunnel visioned in a way. And I was very happy and and lucky to get so many so many good results and I think that made it hard and and like you say I think I was doing the sport because it was convenient and I was scared of the unknown after Mm. but I guess it come time where I was like you know that unknown's always going to be there I'm always going to have that whether I decide to go to Tokyo I'm still going to reach the same point in my head post Tokyo okay what's next and there comes a time where I guess you just have to bite the bullet and make the decision and and this is it and I've loved it and I yeah have don't turn back at all yeah the the piece you touched on before the relationship breakdown you wrote about that in a super powerful article mm-hmm. um that process that world championship afterwards um I've heard you speak about how much that meant to you mm. what was the what was the way that you went from all right this is a damn like a, a, a really tough environment to be in. Mm. I'm struggling with this. This has happened. How do you go from that to and and you're unfit to winning? <laughs> like what what? How do you do that? Um, I think it's a, a lot of sport is mental. I think like a lot of like you know you have to do obviously you have to do the training and everything like that. And I think it's having the right environment and the right team around you. And, and also it is quite mental. Like you have to, I guess, um, really look into everything and, but not, I think it's accepting things too, as they come and not being afraid of things, like not being afraid of, you know, if you have a shit day and just be like, okay, this day is shit. <laughs> and, you know, everyone might know, like I had days where I went into the gym and, you know, I, I was going really good. And then all of a sudden I was just like, nah, I just had just got really emotional. And I had the team around me though, that, that they knew how I was like, they knew my personality, that I was a person, you know, that I really needed my own space. Like I'm all, I've always been a person that I need my own space and they're very respectful of that. So, um, you know, if I go out of the gym and I have a bit of a moment, then they know not to all come around and bombard me and be like, you're right, you're right. Like they know that I'm going through a tough time and, and it's good that, you know, they could just give me my five minutes that I needed and I can come back in and do it. And, and they were always knew how to support me. And the whole um, Cycling Australia, um, TIS and, and everyone has been so supportive um, with me in that and especially my, my family. Um, here in Adelaide and back in Tassie, they were all so supportive of me and um, I guess really wanting the best for me. And, and it wasn't an easy, it wasn't an easy, um, I guess you could say journey or chapter to be in, but I guess you can have, you know, shit thing happen to you, I guess, but it's how we react to that is what I guess kind of makes us. And I didn't want to let that um, that bad moment kind of define who I was as a person. And, and I guess that's kind of where I, really wanted to not let it affect me mentally and just tried to give it everything and I I guess for me it was a bit of an extra motivation <laughs> um as anything to go out there and really like give it everything and yeah 
I was yeah. really proud of my result at the end. Well, I think it's uh, certainly defined uh, the kind of person you are and the ability that you have. Yeah, it's yeah, it's unreal. And oh, I think I should put put the links to that article in the uh, podcast description because it's very good as well. In Thanks. terms of your career, where, when you look back as the whole thing, you've talked about that that world championships. Is there anything else that stands out? Mm-hmm. There anything else that's like because because well, you go through your stat sheets, it's out of control. There's world championships. Yeah. Is there is there something that yeah. stands out that's like yeah that was that was the peak, um, or not even the peak the most purposeful for you? Yeah, I think that was for me that moment was the most purpose because the yeah the best for me I think because it you know and it's not my best result on paper but I know like I had a lot going on at that moment and for me to to get that result with the obstacles that I had to overcome. For me, that meant a lot in my person to myself, um, but also Commonwealth Games to to win two gold medals. When you know I was really struggling because I had Gary Sutton and Matt Gilmore as my only coaches my whole career, and then obviously the last um, couple of years of my career that I, at that stage I had a change of coach, which I was unfamiliar to me. I've went through my whole life with the same coaches, and now all of a mm. sudden it's changing. It was a hard transition. And just to get used to the way everyone does does things differently. And that was really hard for me. And I think that's kind of where I was like, is this what I want to do or not? And Matt was so supportive of me in getting me through that. And I guess that was good too because it was a tough time, but in a different way, I guess. So to come out with, with that was also pretty amazing. And to do it in front of a home crowd and have all my family there, that was that was really special. Yeah. What What was tough about the change from Gary? Um, I think it was, it's just, I think it was just the change. Or it's just just not Gary Sutton. Is he that good that like, it's just like, you can't replace him? Well, he was, he was really good in understanding who you were as a person and really good at, um, reading his athletes, uh, where we then had a change of coach who was more sports science background, who was equally, you know, equally as amazing as what he did, did. But it was just in a different aspect, like a different way. Yeah. Um, so he, he was still a, an amazing coach, but I guess he had more strengths in different areas. And I guess that was hard to change. I guess you get so used to doing something one way and then all of a sudden having to change. It is hard to do that. And, and changing coach is also like, it's not just a small thing for an athlete. Like it's learning to understand everything and um Jack, we had Jason Bartram who came on board it and he was amazing but obviously he was very young he didn't have as much experience as, as someone like Gary Sutton and he did have to learn I guess learn a bit going along but he was he was still amazing you know we we won our 2019 world championship so it, mm. he was he was good at what he does not not to under underestimate how he was but it was just that initial transition was really difficult for me in all those different changes at once. And and I guess I'm a person that I do um, like to be well-structured and organized and, and then to kind of change that and, and find out then how to restructure myself according, according to, to, you know, how I'm being coached in in different ways is. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It was was hard just to change. Yeah. Like they're poles apart in their strengths. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, that's right. And, and, it, and it's just understanding that. And, and I guess building that relationship you get when you work with someone for so long, you get such a strong relationship. And then when you change and work with someone that you're not used to being in an environment with, it's like you have to build up that relationship again where mm. I think, you know, at that high level, sometimes you expect that you're going to have exactly the same relationship. Yeah. But obviously, you know, you have to build on that. My relationship with Gary Sutton when I first came on board wasn't like, wasn't the as strong as it was when I ended with him. Mm. So I guess it's, it, it's learning to, to grow with that change, I guess, is what I found difficult at the start. <laughs> Am I right in saying that Gary was a very traditional coach? He's very people orientated, very, yeah. yeah. Whereas Jason, yes, he's at the leading edge of sports science. Do you think, you think coaching needs that? Like that you can't, you can't just go all oh, Jason. You also probably can't just go all oh, Gary. Is there. Yeah, definitely. Need- I think there's that happy medium for sure. And, and that was, I guess, in the feedback um, that for me that I gave, post like you know when Gary Sutton was on board I was like look he's a great coach I love him but I'd love to have a bit of sports science help with him Hmm. and and that was you know my feedback and then obviously you know we had Jason come on board which was just sports science orientated and kind of had to learn I guess how to 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 read different people and and he was quite young so that's that's always going to have that obstacle there and um, it was a tough tough transition I guess because I'm more a a people orientated person and and I value my my relationships quite well and I think it took a while for for Jason and us to really connect together yeah um not connect to more understand how each other works is is probably a better better way to put it do you think I'll change the topic a little bit do you think the setup is right now or does it need more work in the women's the track the new coaching structure? I think like, look, I think you can always improve. I think that's the, that's sport. It's always getting better and there's always room for for improvement, but I think it is an amazing um, environment at the moment. Like uh, with Glenn O'Shea, I think he's an amazing coach and I think he will really maximize the girls. And, uh, and I really do believe that they'll go to another level uh, with him. Mm. and you know i'll be on the end of my chair come tokyo really <laughs> like hoping that they can get on that that top step but i really do believe that it is positive change in in that coaching um yeah and i think you know they do have the girls there to be able to do that like 100% agree um that they've got the right girls there with the right strengths to achieve that yeah your career do you look when you look back on it like you obviously haven't had very long. It's been pretty new, but do you look yeah. like, do you, can you see why you were so successful? Why you reached the top? Why you continued to win? I think it was, yeah. Like I, I looked at it and I think t- to be successful, I think, you know, I never compared myself to anyone. I always compared myself to myself and wanting to better myself. And I guess that's when then someone asked me about, you know, when I become the first person to medal in, in all track endurance events, all six track endurance events. And I was kind of like, well, I didn't know at the time. Like, obviously, I went into that Olympic Games in uh, Olympic Games, went into that World Championships in 2017. And I raced a lot of races and I probably stretched my wings too far in that aspect. And I didn't win 
didn't win a gold medal, but I placed like I got a few silvers and bronzes. I think I can't remember off off the top of my head, and I was really disappointed and really sad and just like kind of annoyed. And then I someone must have mentioned in the media that I was you know the only person in history to medal in every <laughs> every um, track endurance event. And then I was kind of like, oh, that's not too bad actually. Like I was just so upset because I was a bit annoyed. You know, I kind of thought of myself as always being the jack of all trades but not, not really getting on that top set top set like I've got a lot of um, world championship medals but not not that many gold so for me I was always really annoyed by that and um, I guess that kind of always what pushed me to try and get better is how can I I can better myself not how can I beat other people yeah. um, and I guess that's kind of what I looked at in my my career and I do think that has a lot lot to to play I guess in in my versatility and um yeah in my results and your longevity in the sense that yeah like, it's a pretty I imagine in a small tight-knit 10 I don't know how many people are in your squad now but a small squad and it's mm-hmm. competitive you're all competitive you've all got um yeah some kind of ego to kind of make it to the top, make it to the top, make it to the top. If you're always comparing yourself to other people, it must be yeah mentally draining. Yeah, it, it is mentally, yeah, it is mentally draining, I guess, especially when you've been doing it for so long. I think at that, at the end of the day, is what made my decision is it was very mentally draining. And I was like, obviously looking after that next chapter of, of my life. And it is hard. Like, you know, you are, it's such a cutthroat sport and and I guess every sport is cutthroat when you're at at that top of the level um you know you might have six seven girls that have to come down to five spots so it is always very cutthroat and you're trying to get better in you know your weaknesses and things like that and um I think that's what yeah yeah I guess makes you you know wanting to select yourself in a team then be selected yeah yeah thinking about your next chapter was it a part of your equation of evaluating your retirement the fact that you guys are doing all this work, you don't get, you don't have the massive road contracts. You don't have mm. um, that there. Is, was that a consideration that it's like, all right, what, what am I going to yeah, do definitely. Next? Yeah, I think too. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, if I was, if I was making millions in cycling, <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish I was, but if I was like, you know, it definitely could be a factor of, of keeping in the sport for, for longer than you can. But obviously there comes a time where I realize that I know that I'm going to have to have a life after sport or a career after sport. And it's not going to um, financially, you don't, unfortunately, you don't make enough money in cycling to retire. Um, so I've always had that, that in the back of my head and, and, I've always been um, sensible with my money in being like, you know, after I do stop cycling, I want to be able to take a year where I can just get a job and and do some study like part-time and I guess figure out what I want to do because for me, I've been so tunnel visioned at a young age and I don't really know, you know, what my hobbies are, what my interests are outside of cycling and I have no idea what career path I want to go in. And so I think for me, I've just been like, you know, I wanted to get a, coffee shop job for a year and um do a at the moment I'm doing a a business a diploma of business to try and figure out you know what um what ways I decide to go and and take and kind of experience experience different things that I don't normally get to do yeah one last question for today Amy before we wrap things up 
if you look back on this illustrious career that you've had, what advice would you have for a for a young athlete coming through the ranks? They're starting off cycling. What like how how do, how do they become the next Amy Cure? I think it's just to enjoy it. Like I think at my age, my biggest um, my biggest advice that I got given from my first ever coach, um, Darren Pugh, was to just enjoy it, learn to enjoy it. Don't get too caught up in it. And I think I did get quite caught up in it at a young age. Like I was successful at the start and I kind of got addicted to that. And I feel like, you know, I guess the saying goes, sometimes you've got to sit back and smell the roses as well and, and make sure you're really enjoying enjoying the, the sport. And at that age, it is all about enjoying it. I think, you know, I started when I was 12. So I think that was being the best advice for me in a I guess long and lengthy career is at the start of at the start of my career to really enjoy those days and not get caught up in the results side of it. And I think that's really important from from such at a young age. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Amy, on a unbelievable career. Thanks for coming on the podcast and uh, all the best. Thank you. Thank you very much.